0: We can see that alchemy is always happening. We are always engaged in this journey of being physical beings that also crave a sort of mystical or spiritual experience, and it's it's constantly unraveling. Now, we don't have to be scholars in you know medieval Europe um, <laughs> in our laboratory. The the laboratory, so to speak, is the body, and it's now.
1: Oof. Now, let the magic begin. Hello, hello, and Jai Ma, Jai Ma It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and to the curious soul and the sponsors you hear today and their special offers will be linked in the show notes or feel free to go to your own magic dot life and that's also where you'll find ways to connect with uh, the your own magic community okay this episode this episode was so special i'm not gonna lie i kind of fangirled a little bit in the beginning because You know, I've been working with this artist's work for years. I'm a big fan of her work. Have you ever heard of a little tarot deck series called The Wild Unknown? (laughs) Kind of a big deal, right? (laughs) Anyway, this episode, uh, I was speaking with the brilliant Kim Kranz, who happens to be coming out with a new tarot deck, by the way, tomorrow, July 5th, because this episode releases, what, July 4th? So tomorrow, July 5th. She is releasing her new tarot deck, the Wild Unknown Alchemy Deck and Guidebook. And so if you pre-order the book, which will, again, be released tomorrow, so jump on it, but you can take her live online workshop as she's going to go through how to use the decks and also how to activate the decks for the most powerful experience. So, uh, yeah, that's that's something to consider taking indeed. But... Oh man, it's just so nice. I've I've been feeling so many things that I've been wanting to create myself, especially with what's going on in the world. I mean what's new, but this this was uh this reignited something for sure. This was recorded a while ago during the most recent Mercury retrograde. And as I was editing it, it's interesting to re-listen to pieces that speak to your soul and you really needed to know. And she is full of golden nuggets of wisdom for artists or for those who just like to create, just sort of like to create. So this is a very special episode. And in this episode, we talk about the beauty of alchemy and uh, her artistry journey and creating the tarot deck series, the inspiration behind it, and also her unique way of connecting with planets in her meditations and how she realized certain metals are connected to certain planets. She really is a multifaceted artist. I mean, she's adapting her book into a film and she's a musician as well. She has some tips on how to tap into those creative energy forces in a sense, because she, she expresses the importance of energy and creativity and having, having a routine for this energy. So she does something every morning that helps her get into this zone. There was also a part towards the end where I felt some earthquakes, just like a mini one. And then one, it wasn't super large, but I could feel it a bit, but it was amazing that I felt so calm because she has such a calming presence, such a calming presence. So I think that you'll be very soothed during this episode and inspired. I also love that she brought up the importance of keeping up momentum for creation, and she even shared her quote-unquote fails, which actually led to something grander, something beyond what she could even fathom, which is most often the case. You know, usually our quote-unquote failures are really blessings in disguise. So this is definitely my kind of episode. I hope that you enjoy this episode. And oh yeah, for a frame of reference, when it comes to the very beginning of this episode, I felt a burning sensation on my foot just as we were starting to talk. So I had to cool it with aloe vera because I burnt my foot. Yep, I burnt my foot with a uh, boiling hot water, and it was a pretty severe second degree burn. That uh, you know, I had to I had to stay inside for two weeks. I'm totally healed now. You know, before we could record, I had to go put on aloe vera and. <laughs> you could tell my relief when i put it on how i just oh man that cooling sensation is unparalleled when you have this horrible burn and you put on aloe vera and it just cools your foot and then that, of course, segued into her expressing the beauty of alchemy, which was very relevant with the messages she's sharing today and with her art. So, you know, maybe I burnt my foot for a reason, just for this podcast episode. <laughs> no, but really, that, that was actually a beautiful expression. And yeah, so I think, I think you might enjoy this. I hope you enjoyed this. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? And now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Kim Kranz. So I was just telling Kim how much of a fan I am of hers, and I'm sure in the intro I fangirled a bit. This is a really big honor and exciting podcast for me. It's exciting to have an exciting conversation, and uh, Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, for coming. <laughs> what is currently lighting you up most in this season of your life?
0: Oh, wow. Um, well, it's interesting, you know, just before you hit record just now, Um you were talking about how you burned your hand or or,
1: or yeah, foot and
0: hand. Foot, foot and
1: hand arm. Yeah. All right. over.
0: Making coffee. And then you were putting yeah. aloe on it and saying like how great it, it feels. Yes. And Yes. So what's currently lighting me up is that I have this new deck and guidebook coming out this summer in July. It's the fourth and final of the Wild Unknown series. So first was the tarot deck, then animal spirit, and then the archetypes deck, and then the alchemy deck comes out this summer. And what's so cool is that, you know, we can get so heady and intellectual about our spiritual practices and spirituality and esoterica. And really, what alchemy does is brings us back to this really basic reality that we are in as humans in a physical body, that the coffee or the water or whatever it was this morning was a few degrees too hot for your skin to tolerate. Right. And that tiny discrepancy in the degree of the water does has a huge effect on your body and you're still feeling the effect of that. Yeah. Yeah. And we think of these things as such a small deal and it's actually our body's ability to stay at 98.6. Right. And sustain itself as a physical being is such a miracle. It's so freaking phenomenal. Right. It's constantly, it, whether we're in warm or cold climates or whatever age in our life or, Whatever's happening, it's constantly recalibrating. And there's this beautiful opportunity in this sort of mundane example of like, you know, you logging on and saying, Oh, I have a burn and I'm putting aloe on it, (laughs) of of knowing that alchemy is always at work. Yes. And you're knowing of, Oh, I got to find like uh, some sort of hodgepodge remedy for this. You know, I don't need to go to the ER, but like, what do I need? And we know. That you need yes, something cooling. Exactly. So the cooling goes on, the burn, and the inflammation starts to subside. And therein lies a very sm- small, but really beautiful example of
1: the alchemist at work in the world. <sighs> I knew there was a reason I brought this up right away. And I knew that there was a reason, you know what? There's a reason this happened this morning. (laughs) So I could physically feel that alchemy, which I, 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 as I was telling you, I was putting on the aloe gel and I was like, it's so cooling. And you're like, there's the alchemy. Yeah. We feel it when the remedy is, I want to say, right.
0: Or when the remedy is a remedy, it, we feel it in every part of our being. We don't need to be told. You don't need to like go look at a blog right now. You just know like, oh, this is good for the burn.
1: Oh, and it was, yes. (laughs)
0: And why this makes me so excited. Sorry, I could like go on and on about the burn example. I love it. Well, one thing (laughs) while studying alchemy and trying to compile this deck for people, one of the main issues for me was inaccessibility of the subject. People thinking, myself included, that alchemy is something that happened that people researched it, that it occurred in certain centuries in Europe and that there were alchemists then. And now we're kind of these like, I keep using the word hodgepodge, but (laughs) we're these kind of hodgepodge beings. We're like, I got some tinctures over there. I know a breath practice. I do some therapy. And sometimes I do this, you know. And, And really what's helpful about acknowledging you knowing the remedy involves this simple equation of cooling Mm -hmm. is that we can see that alchemy is always happening. We are always engaged in this journey of being physical beings that also crave a sort of mystical or spiritual experience. And it's, it's constantly unraveling now we don't have to be scholars in, you know, medieval Europe. Um, <laughs> in our laboratory, the the laboratory, so to speak, is the body, and it's now. Oof. And hopefully, the deck is a way to get people interested in some of the concepts that are consistent in the many cultures that have studied alchemy over the over the
1: centuries. I have chills so beautifully said. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how one incident I just felt like sharing when we got online really turned into this beautiful sentiment and message that everyone can has been there. Everyone has experienced the burn, but everyone has been in that position and then you share this and it happens to translate and also relate to the beautiful artwork that we're going to be talking about today yeah it's exciting
0: that how the example is everywhere and it's in I mean even this like kind of archetype of like the burn if we put that in quotes and just kind of like unpack that for a (laughs) sec. it can happen literally with the coffee yeah it can happen in relationship yeah there's this like discomfort and heat or a kind of temporary wound or scar and so if we look at it alchemically if we stop taking it like personally for a second and like get into a sort of blame game situation if we say like hold on i recognize in the relationship there's excess heat so what can be done and the first thing the alchemist might notice is like more heat is not going to help. <laughs> yeah. So it's like time and cooling
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then finding whatever it might be that brings a cooling quality to the self or the mind or the body or the relationship. Yeah. So it's super helpful if we can put our alchemist, alchemical hats on <laughs> or as i say in the guidebook it the alchemy is like a perspective on life it's taking on a certain perspective as life as experiment and <clears throat> if we can do that then we start to see how these issues in our lives were wh- whether it's the burn or the freeze mm. or whatever it might be it's not it's a It's a universal experience and there are remedies.
1: It is. And you were talking about life as experiment and that this is a perspective that you approach in this piece. I want to hear more about that, but before we even dive into that, I'd love to hear your story about what led you down the path of artistry and creating decks and books and even music and more for a living. You are a well, multidimensional artist. Well rounded.
0: Thank you. Art making has always made sense to me. It's the it's the answer or solution or experiment that that makes the most sense to me in this world. Uh, I find creativity is like so generous and so mysterious and so accessible in terms of just finding a pen and, and paper or making sound, you know, chanting or whatever it might be. And I just turn to it all the all of the time. It's my ever reliable um, it's it's the ever reliable chariot in my <laughs> that's driving my life really. So whether it's music or or um, drawing drawing is really my heart of hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then writing and music making and somehow along that path, my interest in esoterica and and of the other world the, the wisdom that is unseen that brought me to draw the tarot deck in 2012 as a self publish and that's led me on well, it's now been a 10 year path. Wow. So the tarot deck was the first of the four decks and the alchemy deck is the final one coming out this
1: year. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. And I know you, well, you just said that you started to get into esoteric, and you've been a long time yogi and engaged in shamanic practices. And I'm just curious how the, these practices have influenced your work, if at all.
0: They definitely have. I sometimes wonder about that first tarot deck and like, why did it you know, what's the energy behind that deck? How did it go from being a self-published in my studio, <laughs> home studio apartment, to being now in, I don't know, eight, seven, eight, nine languages like yeah. across the globe? It's very, it's very bizarre and it's worth wondering <laughs> what the hell how did this happen? And I look at it a lot in terms of like what were the ingredients? You know, speaking of alchemy, I love looking at art projects and asking what were the ingredients at play that allowed this thing to really bloom? And that's not even things that I'm doing. It's also interfacing with a certain moment in time in, in our culture, what people are interested in. And um, it, it's n- so few of those ingredients are under my control. I want to be clear about that it's not it's not me there's many (laughs) factors at play in all of the projects that we do
1: I love a natural look with some shimmer I love that lightly soft contour but add of course some shimmer and some blush some highlighter a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. I mean, I'm sure that there's a large part of you too and the energy you were in at that time or the feeling or whatever the expression was that just moved through you and its influence not only people who have bought the deck and connected with the deck, but to be honest, I feel like it influenced a lot of other artistry when they create tarot decks today. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have. That's amazing. How do you feel about that?
0: I just feel totally awestruck and blessed by it. It's it's just (laughs) mind-boggling to me. It makes no sense. The only sense I can really see in it is that I have been drawing for a very, very long time and earnestly making images and blessed to have a really amazing teacher who is very uh, adamant that there was energy that you could instill in drawings that drawings actually were living that they would come to life and they could like communicate with people so that was my background and then the time I started drawing the deck was the same time that I kind of gave up on this other narrative of my life around being a New York gallery artist
2: Mm. I had just
0: had a show and had these big 12 foot six foot drawings and I thought that was my path and for uh, several different reasons and circumstances that came together I moved out of my studio my last show didn't sell and I was like I don't know what's next but something's got to give here and I went I started uh, a daily meditation practice and mantra practice and I started Studying in earnest this idea of like Agni, you know, speaking of alchemy. Agni is like the Sanskrit word for fire or the life force that's at, you know, supposedly origins, it's stored in the navel center, but it illuminates the whole body and the being and gives us self esteem and clarity. And I started trying to make sense of these things. Like, what is mantra? What is the sound? What is this? Light inside of us? What is the shadow inside of us? And how do all these ideas translate into images? Like, can someone feel that when they look at the strength card and they see the lemniscate on the forehead of the lion? Can they sense the strength? Does that somehow activate a strength in them? Ooh. You like yes. I I just started tri- tripping out on all these things, and yeah. meanwhile, I was doing doing my own, doing my own work, my own study of the light inside of me, and and the shadow inside of me, and I think that's what came through in the deck—a very earnest desire to expand my consciousness. Wow, that's the only thing I can like. It's all I can – and maybe there's some, like, mantra magic in there, too. I have no idea, but that's
1: where I was at. (laughs) That'll sound like amazing ingredients. That definitely created – alchemized something so beautiful. And I'm I'm, I'm amazed at where your deck journey has gone. Did you even envision this as a series, The Wild Unknown? No way. (laughs) No way. So how do you know that this – how do you feel that this is the – final deck was it just like this knowing or was this a decision and why was it called alchemy
0: um it was a knowing right it was a knowing as soon as i made that first deck and started to see what happened actually i knew when i saw saw the first card i drew i was like what is happening here oh wow and it was the hermit card
1: wow and
0: I remember looking at my wall thinking like something's happening yeah <laughs> you know and you get that almost like s- super psyched but spooked yeah feeling yeah like um I love and then that. when I saw it on insta and someone had posted their first tattoo from the deck I was like I had the same feeling <sighs> uh, <Wow. laughs> something's happening. <laughs> and since then I have felt like I have a certain obligation to do that project. It's due diligence or to to really show up and kind of shepherd it. Yeah. And so because of the see, because of the way that I noticed the animals in the tarot deck really opened up some of the card meaning for people, I was like, wow, the, the creatures, are really helpful for people. Then the second step was to delve into Animal Spirit Deck, which came out a couple of years later. And while doing that, then I started to study Jungian psychology, and I went back to school. because so I wanted to understand, like, okay, if tarot is a car, a vehicle that's working for a few centuries, I want to understand its engine.
1: That's amazing. So, that's really cool. So,
0: so I went to... Um, Pacifica and studied Jungian psychology and archetypes and alchemy yeah and then came to the conclusion that I still believe that archetypes are what fuels the tarot Mm. the tarot deck is just a very honed group of 78 archetypal images and experiences they're just very effective
1: that's amazing. So, what are some of the archetypes? Obviously, not all, but I'm just curious. Like, what comes to mind to you right now of the archetypes that are always influencing these decks?
0: Well, the tarot has, um, you know, if you look, especially at the mar- uh, Pardon me the the major arcana. It's basically a list of 22 archetypal. Images and instances in life, starting with the fool and going, going to the world. Right. So it's like, archetypes are the power behind the tarot. That's why they are so timeless. The cards. Wow, that makes sense. Well, well, that's why the third, the third deck was archetypes. And then as I was studying all of these things, there's this play of the elements in the tarot. You've got the four suits, the the wands, the cups, and they're associated with cups is associated with water and, you know, pentacles with earth. So there's this constant nagging, uh, structuring force of the elements. And so, underneath all of it and the engine of the car that's fueling the tarot is like the 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 planet and the, the earth that we're on and that's really alchemy so so this is a circuitous you you didn't interrupt the thought it was a very circuitous way of getting to the point that that's why alchemy is kind of like a a final peace for me is because i feel like it gets to the underlying um ecosystem that we all live in the the body here on earth which is floating in space (laughs) and alchemy (laughs) alchemy is very interested in that Ah,
1: my Gosh, that's such a beautiful painted picture and what a perfect closing chapter. I'm so excited for its release and which will be July 5th, by the way, everyone listening, which if they're listening to this on the day this releases, it will be the day after. But I'm, I'm curious of your creation process for the deck as well, because I'm like, I wonder if she illustrates something that you know comes to vision and then from that she kind of feeds off its guidance or does she come with some sort of message and from that she illustrates what what is your process like it's it's a good question
0: it used to be more strategic (laughs) Um, and now it's very fluid and loose Um, with the alchemy deck, I was drawing and collaging and writing the card descriptions sort of at the same time. I was doing a lot of dream work and work in Nidra around the images and what, what images want to come forward, um... I mean, I, I'm i most interested in sort of getting out of the way as much as possible. Like the the archetypes deck I made using the pendulum for a lot of the decisions of which cards would be in the deck and what colors I would use on certain cards, I would just ask the pendulum and then follow it. And for the alchemy deck, I used more of images that were coming while I was in Shavasana or meditation and then I would just try to draw them. And in some ways it feels to me like a very mysterious deck. I don't feel like I was ready to create that content. And I never feel like I'm ready to, or, or have the right to, (laughs) or am prepared enough or have figured it out enough to make any of the things I've made. But if I follow that train of thought, as any creatives know who are listening, you, you certainly don't get very far. yeah for example, there's the planet cards are in the alchemy deck, and the planet cards are associated with the metals and the metals there's also cards for each of the metals in the in the deck and s- since i made since I made the deck, it's been about a year now since I stopped drawing and. the guidebook i've also been doing my meditations on those planets since then a couple planets in particular that i do like a daily uh like i do a daily prayer to to and with and i look at the guidebook and the artwork now and i it's it's wonderful but part of me also cringes because i'm like if i would have known what i know now about Mercury and Saturn, I would have done this. You know, I lament it. At the same time, we have to be where we are as makers when we're making something. So it's um, alchemy. And any study, any sincere study is totally endless and it's okay to put something out that that offers where you are at that moment and i think the alchemy deck is like the very best i could do at that moment in my life and if i were to have waited till now to finish the deck and yeah maybe the jupiter card would have been quote unquote better but for who you know hmm. what for who <laughs> in what way <laughs> So it was a balance for me trying to not make this work too like scholarly or dry. Right. And keep it very imaginative and metaphorical and sort of alive in the way that alchemy is. Yeah. Alchemy is a total
1: mess. I love like, that. Exactly.
0: And and it should be really fun and wild for people to sort of enter the realm of this project this deck i hope it is
1: yes well and that's the way it is also timeless as our lives are messy and they'll stay messy but it'll be so nice to receive whatever message they receive when they open your deck that will likely more likely relate to them in that way you uh, receive messages that pertain to the planets. And I'm just curious what that looked like in your meditations or how you connected with this information.
0: Um, I I mean, on the most basic level, I just realized at some point that Google searching just doesn't work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like if I'm gonna get to know the qualities of Saturn, Mm -hmm. I can definitely Google search and I can read some books and I'll see a bunch of stuff about it on Instagram. Yeah. And I start form, forming this idea that's really, it's not archetypal. It's stereotypical.
2: Mm. It's
0: very small and it's very narrow. It's like Saturn is this. Mm-hmm. And anytime that feeling comes, I, I get a little knee-jerk reaction that's like, really? And what if Saturn what if we think about Saturn from like a feminine perspective? We stop this like Saturn as bad dad, mean dad. You know? <laughs> what if we do a switcheroo with, with gender or color or the words we're using? What if we start using the opposite words? What if we ask Saturn directly what <sighs> its energy is? Yeah. So I just started as an attempt to help this deck be um, not something that just furthers stereotypes of, of all things, I, I felt like it was an obligation for me to start to build my own personal relationship with the planet. Because I would take the workshops and, you know, part of my studies at Pacifica was, was studying the cosmos. and. Jung's ideas of the planets in relation to alchemy and you know gold is linked to the sun and silver is linked to the moon and lead is linked to Saturn so there's all these correlations and I just felt like I had to approach it with more curiosity so a long answer to your question is I just um, like say my I speak to the planets in, yeah. in the morning as part of my meditation. That's beautiful. And I do it with a mudra that's linked to uh, different planets wow. um, with the fingertips. Yeah. This idea that the, the energy of the planets are within the within the hands. So you'll see in palmistry, there's these labels of like the, the Venus mount and the um, Mercury finger is the pinky and the ring finger is the sun. So there's these different mudras in yoga that you um, it's said that you can activate the, the energies of the planets. Mm. So all this stuff I take with a grain of salt um, and also I try out as an experiment.
1: Yes, instead of just judging it right away. I appreciate it when people actually try for themselves before they become too skeptical about certain things. And I think that's so beautiful that you connect with the planets in that way
0: well all i know is it works for me yeah yeah. i now have a relationship with the planets that i didn't have two years ago right and i would have to just run to the books or google to talk to you about mercury and i would constantly be wondering if i'm saying something right or wrong Whereas mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. I know that no matter what your experience is of it, and no matter how much you know from a scientific perspective or an esoteric perspective, that, that I have an experience of Mercury that's very intimate and really mysterious and mesmerizing. And it's not, like, threatened by anything. It's not right or wrong. It's just... Um, very sweet relationship so i hope that the the deck you know drawing uh, a pluto card or drawing the whatever it might be iron or silver or salt that that people can start to build a relationship with and find magic in their own personal magic with some of these existing entities
1: yeah i'm sure you've inspired this and you've inspired me to try a meditation where i find the mudra that i might have to google search though because i don't know the mudras for (laughs) each planet you know i might need a little google search for the mudra well in the
0: deck there's so on the cards that are for the planets all of those cards have a hand they have Ah, different different friends i had Um, hold hold their hand in different positions according to these mudras on the cards. And then uh, you'll see a gold ball um, on the hand, a little collage piece of like bling that's that's put in the place on the hand where it's it's said that that energy resides.
1: (sighs) Oh my gosh, I can't. So it's in your guidebook. That's great. Yeah, and people don't have
0: to know that or believe it or do anything with their hands or anything. This is just, um, it's almost like overlaying different suggested or different suggestions from different lineages over the years
1: seeing what happens. so gold is connected with the sun right and silver with the moon this is new to me Mm. what are what what other metals are connected with i guess if you can remember right now um which you maybe can or can't it's fine but um what metals are connected with each planet
0: well uh mercury is mercury i mean it has the quick silver right um, you can also call it quicksilver.
1: uh-huh
0: and um mars is iron which okay. makes sense because mars has that really strong yes willful war like is associated with war a lot and it it has this um, um it's it's not well it's different than saturn but both have a kind of rigidity or an upright sort of strength
1: is that what you felt connecting with mars as well because i know a lot of people will say that mars has this masculine energy you know but now that you've connected with the planets is that what you felt as well
0: i haven't done as much work with mars okay but i will say that the work i have done with mars i'm very curious about reframing this is very far out. I just wanna frame okay,
1: This is I a just, podcast that like... no no no. This is the podcast, <laughs> okay. so you're fine.
0: Okay. I just wanna to, wanna to pose the question: what if Mars is thought of as a peacekeeper in that it can contain the qualities that are conflict and warlike within its own domain? And it holds those energies so that they aren't everywhere. So one could say Mars is war. And one could also say Mars contains war, the warlike energies as a way to provide more serenity or peace to the collect to to the collective yeah so that makes
1: makes total sense there's like you feel comfort when you watch a movie let's say like right now i love the show outlander and they're a bunch of them are warriors they're scottish warriors defending their land from the british but there is like this peace-like feeling because they are strong together and they are protecting their people and yeah there's there's that brings them peace
0: well it's it's interesting about the containment of it. it's like saying this is where the conflicting energy occurs this is where war occurs, and that frees up the rest of the realm right um so that so that the warlike energy is going to be there, but it's not spilling everywhere <laughs> yeah. it's not in it's not like in Venus land it's it's just you know, it, so I haven't worked with Mars a lot but when I have that question continues to come up is like what what is Mars greater Dharma actually what is that intention I don't think it's just to war there's some other there's some other intelligence there however no one can ever prove us right or wrong I know. But this <laughs> I is know. Just-
1: very true, but it's it's nice to gather this, and I don't know why, but the word, the words, I guess, Boy Scout keep coming up, or Scout. I don't know if that has anything to do with mm-hmm. Mars, but just, I keep hearing that as you're talking about Mars for some wow, reason. Wow, wild. Wild. <laughs> Unknown. And then, well, right now, Mercury retrograde is taking place as we speak. I don't know, I think it ends shortly before this episode comes out but have you connected with anything in that regard when connecting it sounds like you've connected a lot with mercury mercury is kind of my jam yeah
0: i just i just love it it has such a mesmerizing quality um to me and my i feel like you know any of the archetypes any of the tarot deck cards any of the planets or animals or what have you, the more that we build relationship with them, it's just like a really cool friend. They get more complex and you start to see their shadow. You start to see their strengths and it's like having a companion. And I feel that more and more with some of the planets that I'm consistent with. I have a, I just finished recording a record. I have not played music in 10 years since the deck, since the first deck came out really. And on the new record which i don't have a release date for yet we're just finalizing the mixes and master mastering the songs but one of them is to mercury it's just like a basically like a love song to mercury
1: oh i love that
0: and that kind of came out of my study with of alchemy
1: what is the music is it called the family project or the fam
0: Family band, family band family band was my old okay yeah that was my old band back in the day yeah. Um, yeah this is a solo project it'll be under my name and and you know release release news to come but it's been really cool to kind of incorporate the concepts into lyrics and sound, you know.
1: Absolutely. Wow, you uh, you do so much. You're just always in a creative space it seems, and it's really inspiring. I know that you also well I read that you are turning your novel into a film as well, Blossoms and Bones. Is that correct? Yes, we're in the we're
0: in the slow mysterious process of adapting it to we have the script now but yeah now we're in the kind of the financing and
1: uh, building the team and setting production for hopefully next year That is wild. That is amazing. What a beautiful life it is to live a creative life. And I read as well, when it comes to your novel, this is something I have to read, and then I'll end up watching when it comes out. But (laughs) um, I read this sentence, and I just could not relate more. I relate to this so deeply. And I read, after canceling her flight to Wellness Obsessed LA, where Kranz had been secretly experiencing a debilitating eating eating disorder, she finds her way to an ashram and seeks spiritual and creative refuge, and. I was like, me, and I'm sure many listeners as well, had a very similar experience to this. But this next sentence, I wish I could relate to, as like I said, I'm not an illustrative artist, but this intrigued me. And it said, for 40 days, she relies on drawing the feeling as a way to realign her relationship to food, addiction, fertility, perfectionism, and the endless messaging of never enough echoing throughout current culture ah beautiful what does drawing the feeling look like I just love that expression thanks
0: it's kind of as simple as it sounds and as hard as it sounds to do Um, it means similarly to how we were discussing like relating with the planets a few moments ago it's getting quiet and sensing the feeling of whatever's going on, whether it's like agitation or annoyance or, or a sort of dead numb feeling in the case of the eating disorder, it was this constant agi- agitated, um, it's constant agitation feeling, like a sort of spinning looping um, unresolved that really does look so much like a scribble.
2: Mm. It was like this
0: this, uh, endlessly churning scribble inside of me. (laughs) And so I would just sit down um, and sink into the feeling amidst the total discomfort of doing so, and just I started to draw, like let the feeling draw its own image. And they were, you know, the book starts out quite gnarly. It's hard to even tell what's what. The first few pages are literally scribbles and splatters and tangles. And then slowly a character starts to emerge as the days pass. And the character starts to tell a whole story in the form of a graphic novel. So that was the result of that sort of project in that period of my life that was uh, very, you know, so much turmoil and confusion, and
1: thankfully the art, the art practice really led me through. Absolutely, well, that is that is something that I'm inspired to also try for myself. Even though I can scribble, but I won't be able to fully draw a beautiful picture of what I'm feeling. But I'd be able to draw something I feel and also i'm just curious if you have any rituals or routines that get you into the creative zone i'm very inspired by people's rituals and routines and how they approach their work
0: it's a great question
1: i think all artists and all
0: humans need more energy we need more energy (laughs) yep Um, (laughs) if we're gonna do anything that has any resistance Right. So a lot of times people ask me a similar question, like, how do I get this book written that I want? How do I get it published or Mm. whatever? And I often think it's not about finding a publisher, even though that seems like the solution. And in some ways it is eventually in order to get the book, and the self over the obstacle, over the resistance, you need to increase energy in the physical body and in the mind and the the confidence and resilience. So I think any practice that people have typically that are breath-based and getting the, the body to go back to this idea of agni or fire at the navel to start summoning the energy that's inside of us, so that we have more clarity and more to give, I think that's first the first step for artists. Um, it seems it can be frustrating to hear that. Like it, you're telling me, in order to get my book written, I need to go do ten minutes of breath practice, right? Every right. Day? Like, what does that have to do with it? <laughs> and I'm saying, yes. Yep. Yes, that is the solution because mm-hmm. you do the breath practice and that leads to something else. You get a little bit more clear yeah. and you make one different decision through the day and then you end up somehow with 45 more minutes yeah, because of the decisions you made and you end up writing. Or this is also a really common scenario. People start out with this idea, I'm going to start this blog or this book. Nobody does blogs anymore, but this podcast or this bloody blah. That's what, that's what's next for me is this thing. And they, they just envision themselves having to get to that thing. And if they start some kind of practice that generates more energy in the body, more prana, more life force, more clarity, more confidence, they soon find that's not even the thing I was aimed for. But what I actually know now is it's not a podcast. It's a, it's a painting. And I'm, I, I can commit to 20 minutes of painting a day. And then they're doing the 10 minutes of pranayama and 20 minutes of painting. And that leads to something else. That could potentially lead to a new relationship. It could lead to a new uh, job. Like, we don't know. But where, wherever there's more energy, there's more clarity. And there's more possibility. And so I'm always advocating getting more prana in the body. There's so many ways to do it. I could like go into a lot of different ways that are prescriptive. but And maybe someday I, w- I will do that because I I really do think there's so many tools that are honed particularly for people who want uh to open up creativity yeah. in your life, it it you you can't go wrong with some kind of breath practice, some kind of seated meditation, and then some movement. You got to move. You know, if you look at like any, not any artist, but a lot of artists. You know, Stephen King wrote for five hours in the morning, and then he would go for these long walks to just integrate and assimilate. Joseph Campbell did the same thing. He He was a reader and a runner. Mm, mm -hmm. He he had this physical way of matching what was going on inside of him intellectually and spiritually. So it's like finding something that generates enough juice so that we can do what we want.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Do you have an example of just one breath practice that you tend to go towards
0: well breath of fire is pretty reliable yes three minutes three good. minutes of breath of fire is very very reliable and similarly um alternate nostril nadi Shodhanam oh yeah is is that's great. three minutes of that is and i really mean like just three minutes just do three that's yeah. it
1: there's something about that as well And I think the more you do it, any of the breath practices, especially if you choose, I mean, of course, a lot of people like to vary it up and I totally understand that. But if you choose one, there's something I feel like that makes your mind reminds your mind like, okay, now we're about to go into this mode. Does that make sense? Like you do the thing and then you go into a certain mode.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a pathway maker. I mean, breath of fire is going to be great. Like, you know, the first half of the day in the morning and at lunch or afternoon, pick me up. And then Nadi is just so, so healing. Right. So it's especially great for end of day and anxiety or just imbalance. Mm.
1: It's so powerful, those two practices. That's beautiful. And I know that you have such a soothing and mesmerizing voice because as you were talking, uh, there's been a couple... I'm in California, and there's been a couple earthquakes, and I've just been chilling. Like, okay. (laughs) And I feel so calm and soothed because of your voice. While we're talking? Yeah. (laughs) What part of California are you in? I'm in Palm Desert right now. Oh, I'm in Los Angeles
0: in, like, Los Feliz area.
1: Really? I didn't feel anything. Well, maybe it's just down here. The Riverside area or Coachella, Coachella Valley. Wow. I felt one of that felt like one very mini one, but one that was a little more obvious and it was very short. Wow. I'll I'll be Googling it after. (laughs)
0: Speaking of, I know, Uh, speaking of alchemy, it's like the earth, you know? Right. I mean, that's what's so fun about, fun and important about taking on an alchemical perspective is you start to realize that we're just part of this giant ecosystem, and I know and it's really important to remember.
1: Absolutely,
0: <laughs> just about like our Insta feeds, you know. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> no, like, there's an actual life to an live and experience. World. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I have to ask this for the other creatives who are listening and who are very inspired by you and your path. And they they would love to share their art with the world, but they just don't know where to start. What advice or message would you give them?
0: So the question, the scenario is they have art to share, but they don't know where to start or they don't know where to start making art.
1: No, they they have art to share or they know their vision. They've got their vision, but they just don't know where to start to share it with the world. I see. I
0: I think it just goes back to the energy yeah. that, they, that to stay with the, whatever they're making mm-hmm. and to not stop the momentum of, of creation. So there's this thing that happens where it's like, oh God, this is so sad to me. I, I think of this a lot. Like where someone makes one book and then they get so um, kind of stuck in making that book successful that they're just then doing that for a few years. And they stopped with the joy of making the book. And and so instead of thinking of it as like, this is one book that is getting me to my next book. People can sometimes stop the creative process and get very outward or external, and they need feedback from the world. So, it's important to stay with the momentum of whatever it is you're creating. Do not lose the connection of momentum with, with the art that you're making. So keep, first of all, keep making the art. And then second, I would say do not have a time frame in mind around what, what, and how, and when the world needs to respond to you. I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it in personal terms as an example. Oh, please. I, I put out a book called ABC Dream. It was my first children's book. This was about a year and a half before I drew the tarot deck. Mm-hmm. I was convinced it was going to be like a bestseller kid's book, super beautiful drawings of the alphabet and, and it hadn't really been done in that style at that time right and I ordered a thousand copies I thought like this is gonna be a total hit
1: it looked like and it would have
0: been I love the cover l- let me be very clear <laughs> it was not a hit
1: <laughs> I
0: ordered a thousand copies and I think I sold a hundred okay I thought they would be gone for Christmas and they weren't right. I remember moving, I remember moving out of my apartment and the movers asked me, what are all these boxes of the same book for? (laughs) And they were like, (laughs) I said, Oh, it was a book that I, that I made. Um, It's a children's book. And one of them said, you know, my my mom works at a library in in Pennsylvania. They're always looking for books. If you don't know what to do with these, I, I'm sure I could drop them off at their library and kids would take them. Wow. And I was like, oh God, this is so... I was crushed. I was mortified.
1: That actually sounded a little serendipitous though, at the same time.
0: Right. I just took it... At the, at the time, I just <laughs> oh. took it as completely insulting because oh, okay. I needed my book to be successful. Right. In the way that I needed it to.
1: Right. Right. So
0: I didn't take him up on the offer. I just felt complete shame. I stored the books under my bed and slept (laughs) under, they were under my bed (laughs) frame. And I was pretty devastated. I uh, somehow it got photographed in some blog and I had a a publisher contact me. Sorry this is such a long story, but I th- I love it. I think it's important. Yeah. So this publisher contacts me and says, "We this is a big publisher. They said, "We really love your book, the this alphabet kids book. We'd love to publish it, but can you take the alphabet out of it so that it's more applicable for an older audience?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> What? Like, wait, how do you take the alphabet out of an alphabet book? Like what tell me explain to me what book would be left? (laughs) (laughs) Like what would be in the book?
1: That is wild. And
0: and this whole thing I just took as like insult after insult as like it was it was really rough on me at that time of my life as an artist. And little did I know that there was this other project waiting for me. The tarot was waiting for me to draw it. And if I had had any more press or duties to support the success of that book, I would have been kind of on a different trajectory suddenly as like a children's book author. And so, but we make a thing to make the next thing. Yeah. It's like we're really on a a one-step, step-by-step path. Mm -hmm. So to go back to your question around creativity and how do people get their things out in the world, out in the world is a phrase worth questioning. What does that mean? Mm. How do I know when I've gotten there? Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, holding very close to the art itself and knowing no matter what this out in the world part of my life is looking like i'm going to stay best friends with my creative process and i'm going to stay best friends even though sometimes they're annoying with my personal practice my spiritual practice that gives me energy So whether it's like five minutes of breath of fire and five minutes of drawing every morning, that's my 10 minute practice. Meanwhile, I'm trying to build my business. Yeah, I'm doing my Instagram stuff. I'm sending out my e-com, I'm branding whatever website. But I am staying true to the core of the thing, which is the, the energy in my body that allows me to put pen to page and that's that's the place that i want to get people back to and and really having the highest reverence for rather than well, what does the world say in terms of likes or comments <laughs> cuz that's yeah. a that's like a a a drain it can be like a a spa of like amazing <laughs> you know yeah. Feedback to bathe in, and it can also be a total drain. Yeah. So what we are con- in control of is that that morning decision to say five minutes of drawing, five minutes of breathing.
1: Oof. I have major chills. That was so powerful, a very powerful message for a lot of people who also, who also just feel very stuck and blocked in their work, and I think that that in and of itself – lit them a little bit like a little spark inside of them a message I needed to hear Kim so thank you
0: thanks for asking the question it I, I get very inspired when I can hear <laughs> like the fire in me when I start talking about it it just I love I it really, I really love it. the forward-facing thing the outward-facing artist it, that's one part of the game and we focus so much on it right and um, I don't think any of the secret weapons are there i think the secret weapons are behind the curtain behind the stage like in rehearsal and you know um it's it's far more mysterious than than we all know and 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 the reasons some things hit and some things don't we can't know those reasons either so what we have to just stay aligned with is our own dedication to the craft and
1: to our Life force. Amen to that. Uh, before we move on, a rapid fire. Do you have any other messages about your uh, uh, the alchemy deck for the wild unknown? Well, I'm just excited for people
0: to have it. The cards are hex shaped.
1: That's so So cool.
0: They interlock with each other and they, in several of the readings in the book, they, they touch each other and that gives certain meanings or implications to the cards that appear. And it's just been a really fun project. So I'm I'm grateful for, for the publisher, for saying yes to my zany idea of like, let's make these cards (laughs) hex shape. And they're like, okay. Um, So it's been, it's been a, A really beautiful ride with these four decks very grateful for everyone's support
1: you definitely pave a path in this space in so many ways and this is this is just another way just another avenue in which you are the hexagon cards are you kidding me that's amazing brilliant thanks so ready for rapid fire yes all right coffee or tea tea what kind of tea herbal Mm, do you have a favorite form of body movement dance I love it. Where is your happy place? Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like (laughs) India. Oh, I love that. Yes. Uh, That's one of my happy places. I'd say, do you know your astrology big three? Yes. What are they? Taurus. Uh
0: Uh-huh. I'm a Taurus with the Aries rising and a moon and
1: sag for some reason when you were saying this I thought that you're gonna say moon and sag (laughs) animal you connect with most if any am I overthinking this answer (laughs) for like a time frame I have to be faster no you're you you can take your time with any answer
0: I was just gonna say my cat I mean I feel so cat I feel so cat like these days so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with cat it's not very exotic but
1: (laughs) and some cats are exotic you know
0: Yeah, she my cat is very um, ethereal house cat. So I kind of like that combo. Well,
1: there you go. She is an ethereal house cat. And therefore, she's like looking at you like, excuse me, I am exotic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a Oh, you've talked about it a little bit, but not too much. Do you have a morning routine, a specific morning routine?
0: Yes, I do. I have a chanting practice and a breath practice. And then if I have more time, I, I have an Asana set that that really helps me.
1: And um, that's amazing. Yeah, that's my morning. Uh, if you could gift everyone you know a book, excluding any of your own guide books, just a, a book, what would it be? Um, I think that it's. I think rereading
0: The Alchemist. Actually, no, I'm. I'm Okay, I I said that. I'm going to take it back, but it's still it's still in there a little bit. <laughs> but I would I would read The Pearl by Steinbeck. Mm.
2: It
0: is it is such a short read and it is incredibly powerful. And something happened to me when I re- read it. I felt like it had so much power in it that I felt very changed. Really um Felt very, very changed by
1: that book. That's beautiful. The yeah.
0: pearl. I'm gonna remember that. The pearl, the pearl, and the pearl is a very just one more thing. I know this isn't rapid, yeah. but yeah. the pearl is a really important. <laughs> it's a really important image in alchemy. Uh, one of the cards is in the deck is called the the new pearl. I think that was important to add. Yeah, this irritant, this sand, this grit of the sand that eventually becomes over time and certain qualities and ingredients, it becomes the most valuable thing.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. I uh, I can't wait to see what the new drawings look like. Okay, so this is the last question that I ask all the Euromagic guests. How would you advise the Euromagic listeners to create their own magic?
0: How would I advise them to create their own magic? Well... I want to just say, like, get into your, your body, Mm -hmm. get to know your,
1: your body and your breath. Yes. And you clearly do this whenever you enter your creative space and create your magic.
0: I do. I mean, I have my own resistance to it as, as we all do, right? but it never fails. Right like i don't have to pay anything or figure anything out or go anywhere or be anyone other than i am just at that moment with the breath that i have and there's there's no untruths there you know there's no false n- fake news like anywhere mm-hmm. in the physical body and it's um and the breath it's all very i feel very benevolent and very very kind. Mm-hmm. It wants to be alive. It wants to live. So that's where I would go. That's where I believe the magic is. Ah,
1: oh, I can see that and I can feel that within you as well and how genuine and true and powerful you are and, and you in your expression. I love the way, Kim, how you articulate everything, the way you articulate everything. It's just beautiful poetic art in your speech throughout this entire show and i had thank many you. chills and there's so many uh, this was such an amazing episode so i just must thank you for coming on the show today
0: thanks raquel so much for having me before you go though where can everyone connect with you you can find me on the Gram. The Graham. i have my personal personal feed is uh kim cram's with the with the underscore and then the wild unknown which is the brand the name of the decks that have come out over the years is uh also on insta so find us there and
1: can they pre-order everything because this will come out the day before your decks release so could they pre-order now as they're listening oh
0: yes if you are listening this is good timing because i'll be teaching a workshop on i believe it's the 10th of January you'll find all the info in like the link tree on on my insta where people who pre-order can go to uh an online a live online workshop with me it'll be 90 minutes and it's moderated with my dear friend and really amazing um yogi and I'm going to be going through a practice that will uh activate the decks so it'll be a little bit of like how to use the deck but i think more importantly we're going to Activate them so that <gasps> when you cool. start to use the deck, you, you have a way to kind of get in there.
1: Ah, uh, that's, that's almost necessary. <laughs> it's super necessary. People don't really talk about it, but it's, right.
0: I didn't do it for years. And then once I did, I
1: was like, oh, this is a game changer. Right. It totally changes the game. So you said January 10th, but do you mean July 10th? I meant July. Yeah, so well, just it's like that. Okay, it's <laughs> a few
0: days after people get their decks. Um, they'll be that. you know fresh in the mail, and then we'll go through this activation practice, and and there'll be a Q and A and stuff like that. But it should be cool. I think there's like amazing a really good group of people uh, already signed up. So if people pre-order, they can put the code in and (gasps) sign up for the workshop. So
1: everyone listening, you have a day. Hurry up. (laughs) Yeah, hurry up. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Kim, thank you so much again for the umpteenth time coming on the show. This has been absolutely amazing. Thanks
0: so much. It's been a real sweet time.
1: yomis that is a wrap that is a wrap for this episode i hope that something spoke deeply to you expanded you in some way please let me know if so you can catch me on instagram at raquel mantra i spell raquel a different way than most so you can see the spelling in the show notes or hang out with the yomis the like-minded very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro magic facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to well whatever you're going through and there are several tools on the euromagic.life membership site all right well thank you so so much and have a magical rest of your day